Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Who dieth thus dies well. I love that last line of that song. And it's really what we're talking about in our sermon series uh, this month, Hope in the Face of Death. So we talked last week about your baptism and what happens after you die. This week we're talking about where is your life going or what's the purpose or the goal of life. And when you think of that in terms of your end, we're really talking about uh, what your legacy is for those who are left here on earth. Today's Veterans Day, and it really gives us a great example of kind of how legacy works. Uh, so the reason that we set aside time as a country to, uh, to honor those who have served in the military is because it's an honorable thing to do. And it says something about you if you're somebody who has served. It says something about you when you're willing to give up years of your life in service of your country. It says something about you when you will put your life in danger, yourself in harm's way to defend other people. It says something about you when you do that so that other people don't have to do it says something about you when you're willing to take an oath to lay down your life even should the needs, need arise. So first of all, veterans, thank you uh, from all of us this morning. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your sacrifice. And thank you for the example that you set for the rest of us. That example and that service, uh, it's something that's remembered. It's something that's remembered even, even down the line. See, often uh, later generations don't know a whole lot about their ancestors, but they will know if they've served in the armed forces, especially if they served during wartime. And Veterans Day, you know, it's a day that we remember uh, sacrifice. It's the day that we remember, a day that we remember life. In fact, it's part of how we remember the life of those who have died. We do military rites at funerals. It's part of the legacy of our veterans which means Veterans Day can be a hard day if you've lost somebody who served in the military because it's another reminder that they're gone. We call that grief. That's sort of how grief works. It's a reminder of something that you've lost or, in this case, someone that you lost. And kind of with that idea of grief in mind, when we think about our own legacy, our own legacy is something that we think of with an eye towards the people who were, will grieve when we're gone. Because when you think about the goal and the purpose of your life, you know, you're often thinking about your time here on earth. You're often thinking about how you're going to live, your goal or your purpose. It, it informs your decisions, right? It, it changes what you do and how you do it. But when you think of the goal of your life in terms of legacy, in terms of the mark that you will leave, the impact that you're going to have, you're thinking about it in terms of people who, who love you, people who will mourn when, you, when you're gone. And so, as we think about that, I want to kind of do two things. Uh, first of all, I want to talk about what God gives us through Paul in our reading here today from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And then we're going to shift gears at the end and talk about what we give to others or what we're called to give to others. And so, what Paul gives us, what we give others. What Paul gives us, I want to key into the first verse of our reading. Here's what it says. This is verse 13 uh, of our first Thessalonians reading. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, or about those who are asleep. And listen to this part. That you may not grieve as others do who do not have hope. 
that you may not grieve as others do who do not have hope. See, what Paul is getting at here is that when you're in the middle, of, when, when someone dies close to you, you can make basically two mistakes. One mistake that you can make is not grieving at all, and the other mistake that you can make is not hoping at all. So let's take a look at those things. Not grieving at all first. Notice what Paul does not say. He doesn't say Christians don't grieve. He doesn't say Christians shouldn't grieve. Losing a loved one is tough, and Paul knows that. You, you know, you remember all kinds of things. You remember how they impacted you in, in their life. You remember who they were during their time in this world. You, you, you wish you could talk to them. You miss them. It's tough to lose somebody. Even at times when there's great suffering at the end of, of life. You know, when that happens, sometimes there's, after someone has died, there's a sense of sort of relief that they're, they're free from suffering, that they're with Jesus. And that's okay because, you know, we're not really thanking God for death. We're thanking God for what he does after death. But even in those times when there's great suffering at the end of life, you still miss the person. It's still tough because you still remember who they were and you wish that they were here. And I say all of this because sometimes Christians miss the point of this at funerals. Sometimes Christian miss, Christians miss the fact that we should grieve in the face of death. I noticed, if, so this happened to me once. I was walking through a visitation, and it was not a visitation here. It was not a funeral that I did. It was not a Zion funeral. But I was walking through a visitation, and as I got up to the family, I said, I'm sorry for your loss. That's what my dad said you're supposed to say at visitations. So that's what I always say at visitations. And by the way, just as a side note, if you have no idea what to say at visitations, uh, <laughs> I do them all the time. I have no idea what to say at visitations either. It's okay. You're in good company. But hear me on this. The point is not what you say. Because nothing that you say is going to resurrect the loved one. Nothing that you say is going to fix the situation. The point is not what you say. The point is that you are there. It is ministry of presence. It's being there, sitting in grief with other people. So anyway, what I said was, when I got up to the family, I said, I'm sorry for your loss. And, and what the person I was talking to said back to me was, I'm not. And I wasn't sure what to do with that. <laughs> Once again, I wasn't sure what to say, so I just sort of stood there dumbfounded and fortunately, uh, the person I was talking to explained, and, and uh, what he said was, she's in heaven. I'm not sad. I'm not sorry for my loss. Because, see, this isn't a funeral. It's a party. And let's think about that for just a minute. It's true, and it is a good thing that, the loved one, that your loved one is in heaven. It's true, and it's a good thing, and there's a sense of joy that we can have knowing that our loved ones are with Jesus. And even the idea of celebrating is not totally absent from funerals. It is there. Celebrations of life have become more popular recently, and it's definitely true that when someone dies, even when a Christian dies, there's an element of reflecting on their life and celebrating who they were. And as a Christian, we celebrate all that God did through them during their time here on earth, all that God did to us through them. By the way, that's legacy stuff, right? And we'll get to that in just a minute. But it's also true that death is always the enemy of the Christian. Death is always the enemy. 
even when death means release from, relief from suffering, it is still death. It's still not what was intended for our creation. It's still the product of sin, and it's still a reminder that we live in a broken world and that Jesus hasn't come back yet to fix all of it. So we grieve as Christians, and we should grieve as Christians, because death is a loss even if God brings something good out of it. Death is always a loss. But we grieve differently, and that's Paul's point. We grieve but we grieve as people who have hope. We grieve differently than anybody else. We grieve as people who know that this is not the end. And that's what the next four verses in the reading are all about. They're all about the resurrection. They're all about remembering that there is nothing final about the death of a Christian. And why? Because remember last week, remember what we talked about, how baptism changes all of that? We're baptized into the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And Paul's point here is that the souls who have gone to be with God are going to be back, and they're going to be back in renewed and remade bodies in the resurrection on the last day. And because we know that, it means that we grieve differently than anybody else. Good example of that happens at funerals. One of the hardest things at funerals, I think, for most people is right before they close the casket at a funeral. For funerals here at Zion, we always do that before the service. We do that before the service for a couple of reasons. One reason that we do it is so that we can cover the casket in the baptismal pall when it comes into the sanctuary. They're reminding us that our loved one was baptized, that they are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus, and they are in heaven. The other reason that we do that is because the point of a funeral is to preach the gospel. The point of the funeral is to give hope in the midst of grief. The point of the funeral is to remind us that we grieve differently. And when you do the hardest thing right at the very end, it overshadows absolutely all the gospel and all the hope that we've done up to that point. When it is time to close the casket, people often call it things like the last look or the last goodbye or something like that. And for those without faith, that's appropriate. If you don't have faith, if you think nothing comes next, funerals are the end. But the point is, as Christians, we grieve differently than everybody else. It is only the last look here on this earth. That's it. Because, see, Jesus' death and resurrection, it means that there are no last goodbyes among Christians. And there are no last words among Christians. And there are no last looks among Christians. There is no last anything between Christians because we know that there is resurrection coming. And so we grieve differently than everybody else. That's what Paul gives us here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. That's how God uses him in this letter to the Thessalonian Christians. That's his legacy. Helping other Christians to grieve well and also helping other Christians to hope well. But he doesn't stop with that. Notice the last thing. It's one of my favorite verses in this reading. The last verse, verse 18, says, Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Therefore, as a result, as a result of everything Paul has just said, as a result of what Jesus did on the cross, will do in the resurrection, and has done for you in your baptism, as a result of what you've been given by God, he says, encourage one another with these words. Leave your own legacy of faith, in other words. 
Leave it in how you live and leave it in how you die. Now, leaving it in how you live, I mean, you kind of know what that means. It's what we talk about every week here. It means living life like a Christian. And that's, that's our purpose in life, is to live faithfully as Christians, not so people can see what great folks we are, but so that people can see what a great God we have. But what about in how you die? How do you leave a legacy there? Well, I think the general rule is to make sure that things are focused not on who you are, but who God is. But I want to look at how we do the same two things that, God, uh, that Paul does, God does through Paul, how we help our loved ones grieve and how we help our loved ones hope. So helping our loved ones grieve, uh, one way that we do that is by making time and space for them to grieve. And part of what we do there is we prepare the people around us for the end of our lives. And that means that we got to have uncomfortable conversations from time to time. we got to talk about things that nobody really wants to talk about and nobody really wants to think about, but we got to talk about that stuff from time to time. And I want to be really practical here for just a minute, uh, because I've sat around an awful lot of funeral planning tables in my time here at Zion. You probably sat around some as well, but from what I can tell, there's, there's... two big things that I've noticed make a difference. One big thing is having some time for people to be together and grieve makes a big difference. Having a funeral service makes a big difference. And by the way, remember, the funeral service isn't for you. And in fact, the the funeral service isn't even about you. We're going to talk about you at your funeral service, but your funeral service is not really about you. It's about Jesus, and it's not really for you. It's to give the hope of Jesus to the people who grieve. So having some time to get together and grieve in hope is important. And having some kind of gathering, those things make a difference. By the way, Paul knows this too. Remember our verse 18 of our reading? Paul knows this. Encourage one another with these words. Paul knows that we need time to grieve together. And the other thing that I've noticed makes a big difference is when you are well prepared, when you've got your stuff in order, when you've got things where, where people can find them, you've got some kind of a legacy drawer or a legacy box or something like that at home with all the information that people need. And from my perspective, from a spiritual perspective, from a pastoral perspective, it really helps when they know what you would like for your funeral service, the things that you prefer. And I'm going to mention this now because it's a really thing, easy thing that you can do. One great way to prepare your family to grieve well is to fill out one of the things in the church office that says what you, need to do, what you would like for funerals. If you haven't done one of those yet, do them. And if you've done one of those a long time ago, come and do another one. We have a brand new form. It's going to be out at the end of the week. I'll have it here for you next week. It's got all kinds of information on it, all kinds of suggestions. It's stuff that you can sit down and do, and it is incredibly helpful for people when, you're, uh, when, when, when we're planning funerals. Why is it helpful? Because it takes some stuff off of their plate at a very stressful and a very difficult time. Now, anybody can do that stuff, right? Christian or not, anybody can do that stuff. You probably wouldn't do it in the church office if you were not a Christian. But anyone can pre-prepare a funeral. But as a Christian, you can do something else and something vastly more important. You can help your family to hope well. You can help your family to grieve in hope. One of our communion hymns today is hymn 752, and here's the last line. 
Be still, my soul, when change and tears are past, all safe and blessed, we shall meet at last. Those are words of reunion and words of comfort, words of hope. I didn't know that hymn at all. It's called Be, Be Still My Soul. I didn't know that hymn at all until a couple of years ago. Found out it was my dad's favorite hymn. And once I found that out, we sang it at the funeral, of course, and once I found that out, because he loved it, I started to pay attention to it. Because it mattered to him, it mattered to me. And it was a great source of hope. All safe and blessed, we shall meet at last. That's hope. And that's what you can help your family members with, too. Because when they know what's important to you, what gives you hope, they're going to pay attention to it. And God is going to work through that to bring hope to them and to bring them to hope. See, that's why the most important thing you can do, the most important legacy that you can leave in your life is your Christian faith, passing that on to the people that you love. And I say this all the time at funerals, making your faith known to your family, making your faith known to your loved ones is the most important thing you can do to prepare them for the day when they come to your funeral, to prepare them for the end of your life, because it is the only thing that gives them hope. It's the only thing that will give them any true, real, solid hope. It's the only thing that will mean that that day is not the end. Your faith and your witness, it is the most important legacy that you will ever leave. And Jesus says it is the point and it is the purpose of all our life. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds, keeping them steadfast in Christ Jesus. Amen.